Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Scripture reading this morning will come from Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. And in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Last Sunday in our auditorium Bible class, Bill Eads introduced Colossians. It's a great book. And in it, he made reference to a man by the name of Tychicus. I know something about Tychicus. It was not completely unfamiliar to me. But I went to him and I said, would I interfere any with your class, upcoming classes in Colossians, if I do a character study next week on Tychicus? And he, he very kindly said that he would be happy for me to do that. This morning, I want to take you the words of the New Testament, and introduce you to a man. We're going to make a man out of those words in our hearts. I've spent my week studying Tychicus. And and so today, my goal is that not only will you familiarize yourself with him through this sermon, but at the end, I I really hope you love him. Keith Anderson taught last Wednesday night, did a great job preaching, and In that, he made reference to the fact that young people today want genuineness. They want to see in people's Christianity what is real, what is not a facade, not some superficial something, but what is real. Oh, let me introduce you to Tychicus. Now, the fact that he's such a great man may raise a question in your mind. How come today you don't have more women naming their baby boys Tychicus? And the answer is because they can't pronounce it. And... And you, I, you know, you can go to the internet and you can, you can Google, how do you pronounce this? And I did it to, because, I mean, I know how to pronounce it, Tychicus. The reason that it's Tychicus is because that's how I've always said it. And so I know that must be right. But you, you can find different ones. Uh, Tychicus. Tychicus. Well, it's spelled with a T-Y. Probably my, my favorite one that I heard. I'm not going to use this, but the, the gentleman said that it's what happens when you have gone into the kitchen and found your wife took a kiss. Okay. There you, but yeah, right. That's right. T- today we're going to call him Tychicus. I think that's probably, well, again, it's probably the best one because that's what I like. So, so Tychicus is his name. Five times. There's going to be one time it's used. His name is used in the book of Acts. And then the other four are found in the epistles of Paul. We're going, to, we're going to make reference to all, all five of them. I'm not just going to go in a row, though, but let's, uh, 
Let's start with the first point. This kind of sets the table. What we have to do is to get ready for a discussion of Tychicus. And by doing that, you have to think about the, the suffering that's going on in Judea, in, in Jerusalem. And so Acts chapter 11 that Landa just read from was about this Agabus, the prophet, and he said there's going to be a famine in Jerusalem and, and Judea. Judea is the surrounding area, region around Jerusalem. Well, that's not so unusual. You, you go to that part of the world, and what you'll find is that there's a lot of dry places. And they rely on those a couple of times a year, big rain, but that's what they're going to get. That's why they have those cisterns, and they fill up with water, and they use that water because there's just not a lot of rain through the year that, that happens. And you could easily see that if those key rains don't occur, you're going to have famine there. It would just be easy to happen. Well, you have famine. Now, you start off with Acts chapter 11, and in Antioch, the Christians send help to the people of the Christians in Jerusalem in this famine. Now, listen to me. I don't know if, if there are two occurrences of these major famines in Jerusalem. That may be. But Paul's going to get really involved in what appears to be the second one. It could just be one long issue, one long famine. I I don't know. It seems to me more logical that there were two. But then you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 1. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, this is the Christians in Jerusalem, and, and they're needing help because of famine. And in this area, the region round about it, which is Judea, and he says, now, to the Corinthians, I need you to gather up funds. On the first day of the week, I want you to lay by in store because when I come, I want to pick up these funds and take them to these Christians in Jerusalem. Now, I know I, know I said this is about Tychicus. I'm going to get to Tychicus. Now, there's one more thing that you don't see here that I want to raise to the surface, and that is that, that uh, when you talk about these kinds of monies and, and you've got other churches too around in this area, in, in uh, Asia Minor and so forth. We're going to talk about that. But you've got these churches in these, this area. You're going to have a lot of different men picking up cash, silver. They're going to be carrying it long distances. And you've got to have people you trust. Now you have today, I mean, we, we do this kind of thing where, where in nonprofit organizations, in, in churches, it's not uncommon at all to, for their checks to have two places for people to sign. You know why we do that? It's in order to protect people for accusation. I mean, it, it, it makes fraud more difficult, but it's, it doubles the protection. It doubles the layers of protection because you've got two people saying these funds are being accurately uh, appropriated. Now I want you to go to the next slide. Let's continue this passage. You knew the first part, but did you know the second part? Look at this. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters... I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Now get that. Did you know this was here? It's a protection about those monies to be transported to Jerusalem. It's to the Corinthians. Now this is, this is just so very impressive to me. I, I don't have to go, he says. I don't have to have my hands on that money. I'm not sure I'm going or not. But I, I want you to pick out some men, some faithful men, to help transport these monies. That's how that's going to be, that's how that will be done. Next slide. All right. Here's 1 Corinthians chapter 8. This is, this is sometime later, but watch the description because it falls into this category, this, this discussion of protecting those funds, making sure you have them safe. 
I'm in for, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 16. But thanks be to God who put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For he not only accepted the exhortation, but being more diligent, he's gone to you of his own accord. We have sent him with the brother, I don't know who that is, whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. So we've sent these two men, Paul says, and not only that, but who was also chosen by the churches to travel with us with this gift, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift, which is administered by us, providing, we're taking this money, we're going to take it to Jerusalem, providing for honorable, honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. It is an exceedingly common practice in churches today to have two people count the contribution before it's deposited into the bank. It has to be counted. Two people. Now, why would you do that? It's for the same reason that what's happening here is happening, is that Paul is saying, we're going to collect this, these monies and here are the precautions we're taking. Why? Because we don't only want to be right in the sight of God, we want to be right in the sight of men. Should there be some question about fraudulent activity, we want to be able to defend what we've done and say, here it is. Now, here's point number two. Now, let's introduce Tychicus. We come to Acts chapter 20, and you have a short list of some of these men who are going to be taking these monies... Now, again, I said I think that there were probably two famines. You have the first one in Acts 11, but now you get to Acts chapter 20, and, and here's famine in Jerusalem, famine in Judea, and look at these names. And when the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, this is Acts 20 verse 2, he decided to return through Macedonia. And Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia. Now, wait, that, that's not Asia like you and I think about. This is Asia Minor. It's modern-day Turkey. This is ancient Asia Minor. Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia. Also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Derby and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. All right, so, so here's, what, here's what Paul is saying. Now, we've got men to go and pick up these funds and carry them, transport them to Jerusalem. We got some people from, we got somebody from Thessalonica, somebody from Derby, we got somebody from Berea, and we got these two gentlemen from Asia, and they are Tychicus and Trophimus. Again, Asia Minor. This is the first occurrence of the name Tychicus. He's, he's going to be trusted to carry those funds. Now, I would argue that that's very impressive. We start now with a good feeling about this man. So the church understands that these men are handpicked. The churches help to select the men who will transport these funds. They trust them, and Tychicus is one of those. All right, now let's shift gears. Here's number three. Now, now we're, we're not going to be, talk, be talking now about the monies. We're going to set that aside because now you get to Ephesians and Colossians where you find Tychicus referenced. This is probably my favorite because it was while studying these passages that I came to my aha moment. It may not be an aha moment for you, but it was for me. And I, I, just, uh, I just love to study the Bible. I mean, there's, there are things that you never have seen that will surface once you dig into a passage. Now, here's Ephesians. Chapter 6 and 21, and the Bible says, but that you may also know my affairs and how I'm doing. Paul is in Rome. He's in house, under house arrest. He's awaiting the time that he'll see Caesar. 
while that happens, the churches need to be checked on, and he needs to be able to communicate with them. The internet was down. He couldn't, he couldn't do it with the internet. He couldn't do email. So what do you do? You know, you don't have the U.S. Postal Service either. What are you going to do? And I'm talking about a long way. From Colossae to Rome is a thousand miles. We're talking about months, maybe even year gap in here, years perhaps, before you, you could actually get a letter. But praise be to God, this morning, you and I have these letters. We possess these letters from the Apostle Paul to these churches. And here's Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21. And how I'm doing, Tychicus, a beloved, look at this description, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will make all things known to you. What's, what's, you see, Tychicus, Tychicus knows me well. Tychicus serves with me. I'm close to Tychicus. He can do Q&A with you. He's going to bring you this letter. It's, we call it the book of Ephesians. You've got it. We're, we're going to take, take these. Uh, he's going to bring you this letter uh, from me. And, and he will answer your questions and make all things known to you whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. It isn't just information. He's a devout Christian. Tychicus is a man who loves the Lord. Tychicus, Tychicus is a man who's close to God. Now, let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Look at the next one. And I'm in verse 7. Okay, now this is my aha moment. Tychicus a beloved brother, a faithful, and this is very much like what I just read in Ephesians. They're very much alike. And then Tychicus has taken them at the same time to these churches to drop them off, give them the letter, answer the question, spend some time. A beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, I will tell you, I'm sorry, will tell you all the news about me. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. And so, very similar to Ephesians, and then you keep reading. And here's the next slide. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Well, that's, there's a line right there that's easy to pass by. It doesn't mean much. I mean, you know, it's just names and it's, no, it's, no, no, wait, this is big. This is interesting. Did you ever read the book of Philemon? You know what the book of Philemon is about? It's a letter. This, this is from Colossians, what I'm reading right here. It's Colossians chapter 4, closing part of Colossians. And so this letter from Tychicus is going to go to Colossae, to the church at Colossae. And he mentions that the traveling companion with Tychicus is Onesimus. Now, Onesimus is the slave of the book of Philemon. Oh, this is, this is interesting. Now, you got the book of Philemon is a letter written to Philemon, who's a slave owner. And Onesimus, his good-for-nothing sorry slave, who has stolen from him, robbed him, and then he ran away, escaped. You know what you do with escaped prisoners? You know, you punish them. There, there's got to be some retribution that's swelling up in the breast of Philemon. They didn't know where he went. I'll tell you where he went, though. Onesimus went to Rome. Now, it's a thousand miles away. It's a long, but it just evidences the fact that he never intends to go anywhere near Colossae again. He didn't intend to go close to that anymore. But what happens to Onesimus, and you probably know this, is that he runs into the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul is in prison, in sort of a house prison. He's under guard. And, and so we kind of assume maybe Onesimus got into some trouble with the law, and now he's put next. I don't know how he got with Paul, but Paul taught him the gospel. 
It makes my, my mind just wander. Paul has miraculous ability. Maybe it was that Onesimus has somehow hurt his leg. Maybe he's got a, an infection in his leg, can't hardly walk. And the apostle Paul, could it be that he healed him? I don't know. But I know this, Paul got his ear and taught him Jesus. <laughs> he taught Onesimus, this runaway slave, Jesus. And you just learn, you learn something about Christianity. It's not a religion that is for rich people. It's not about, about how other people judge you. This is, about, this is about the soul and that every man, even Onesimus, a sorry thieving, runaway slave, has a soul. And the Apostle Paul teaches him Jesus, and he becomes a Christian. Paul baptizes him. And before long, Onesimus is a trusted servant of Paul. He works with Paul. He's a devout Christian. Let me tell you something. Jesus can change people's lives. And that's what happened. But you know what's going on. You know what? You, this is inevitable. But the Apostle Paul says to Onesimus one day, you know you've got to go back, don't you? Hmm, sir? You know you've got to go back. I've had conversations like this, not lately, but in, in the past. When, and it was usually it was about, that I, that in my mind, about problems with the law in reference to immigration. And, and you know, you, but now the immigration system is all scrambled eggs. But before, you know, it was a long time, but people would come and, Cross the line illegally, and they would be in this country illegally, and they would obey the God, they'd learn the gospel, and obey the gospel, and become Christians. And you, you baptize folks like that, and then, and then you say, But now, you know, you got to square things with the government. You know, you got to go and fix this. You got to go to the authorities and to say, Tell me how I can do this legally, or do I have to go back to my, my native country? What must I do? Well, this conversation happened between. Paul and Onesimus, Onesimus, brother, I love you, but you've got to go back. Now, that much you know from reading the book of Philemon, and Philemon is the letter from Paul. Paul says, I'll I'll send you a letter. I know Philemon. I I baptized him. I'll send you a letter that you can carry with you, Onesimus, and when you knock at the door, you can hand him this letter, and he'll read, and and boy, the the Philemon, you've read it. It's that letter that, (laughs) I can't. It's that letter that Onesimus hands to Philemon. Talk about a piece of amazing history that you and I have in our hands. And so Onesimus is setting out to do that. But, but when? Under what circumstances? And here's the aha part for me is that I've always pictured him in my mind going alone. He didn't go alone. He went with Tychicus. You want to talk about a good man? See, the same kind of attitude about the money is true about returning this runaway slave. It's to keep things above board. Everything is, and to to verify that what we're doing is the right thing. Now, I do not know who handed Philemon that letter, but I know this. The church that meets in the house of Philemon is in Colossae. And when you get to the end, chapter 4 of Colossians, you have reference to Archippus and to Onesimus. That's where they're from. Now look at this verse again. He's going to comfort your hearts with Onesimus, a beloved brother who is one of you. That's where Onesimus is from. All right. The point is that, that you have this friend, this brother of yours and mine, Tychicus. I don't know much about him. I assume he came from Ephesus. 
He's from that general area. He's from Asia Minor. I assume that the, the, the lead city is Ephesus. And I assume that when Paul was there, he baptized Tychicus. I don't know, but I know that he grew in the faith. I know that when you got money you want to transport, Tychicus is going to be honest. He's going to be the guy that people will trust. And when you have a runaway slave and you want to send somebody, I can just seize Paul with, with a group of his associates and he says, now, y- y'all, I tell you what, I want you to go over here, and I want you to go here, and then his eyes fall on Paul, uh, on uh, Tychicus and Onesimus, because Onesimus has to go back. Well, here's the opportunity. I need to write a letter to, to, to the Colossae brethren anyway, and I'm going to send two letters. I'm going to send a letter for the Colossians, and I'm going to also send a letter that you're going to take to Philemon to say, Paul's, Paul, Paul writes, Paul says, Philemon, I baptized Onesimus. He was not profitable to you. He was a pain in your neck. But I tell you what, he is profitable now because he's a great Christian and he's dependable. And the one who took the letter with him was Tychicus. All right, now here's the final point. Let's go to the next one, the last point. This is this. Is this. Uh, in both Ephesians chapter 6 and in Colossians 4, where you have almost verbatim the same description of Tychicus, here's how the Apostle Paul describes him. He is a faithful minister. Now, this word faithful is kind of interesting to me because we, we, I, I suspect we've um, depleted this word somewhat in our common discussion. You know, we say he's a faithful Christian, and what we may mean by that is that he, he attends worship steadily. He comes to the assembly steadily, and that may be the criteria by which we say he's a faithful Christian. Well, I'm not minimizing the importance of the assembly. The assembly is so terribly important. I had a a friend who was uh, teasing me recently about the assembly. He said, you know what, Glenn? He said, if I don't come, if you ever see that I'm not in in church, you ever see that I'm not in the assembly, just know that I'm there via live stream. I said, hold on a minute. No, 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 wait a minute. I I know something about that Greek word for the the church. It's ekklesia, and the definition for the word church is the assembly. It means assembly. Now, praise God that we've got this this live stream, and we've got people watching this morning, good morning to you, who who cannot be here. And we had live stream before COVID. What happened with COVID is that we got confused. Some people got confused about the assembly. And and you know what? I I can be a part just as much a part of worship. If I'm not there, I just use live stream. No, you can't. No, excuse me, but no, you can't. Because the word church itself means assembly. It is to assemble. So when we talk about being faithful Christians, what do we mean? And what does Paul mean? And I'm just going to throw a few things out to you. Paul says that, that Tychicus is a faithful minister. What's got in mind? Well, you, you can go to the writings of Paul and figure this out. Let me show you a few names. All of these are referred to in Scripture as faithful. The Ephesian brethren, the Colossian brethren, look at the opening of those, those uh, chapters, and, and Paul describes Faithful brethren there. Timothy is called faithful. Abraham, Moses, deacons' wives, he says, are to be faithful. What's wrapped up in that for Tychicus? Let me give you five things. Here's the first one. He was a faithful minister. He was dependable in his doctrine. Do you remember? Let's go to the next. There you go. You remember 
Remember in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, or 2 Timothy 2, 2 rather, and the Apostle Paul says, I want you to take the things you've heard of me and commit them, give them to faithful men. He was faithful in his doctrine. Now, that just ought to fill up your mind. What does that mean? It's true that, that we, we may not agree about everything. There are matters over which we don't know the answers, and we, we may disagree, but I declare to you there are things in doctrine that we must get. It meant that Tychicus believed in the deity of Christ. He believed that Jesus was the Son of God. And you, you take Caiaphas at the trial of Jesus, and we adjure thee by the living God. Tell us whether or not you be the Son of God. And Jesus affirmed that he was. Let me tell you something. You'll never, ever see the backside of heaven and not believe in the deity of Christ. He is the Son of God. What about doctrine? A person has to believe the one true church of the New Testament. What church should you be a part of? The church of which Jesus spoke in Matthew 16, 18, when he said, on this rock I will build my church. And you must never, ever leave that church. You must study your Bible so that you can identify it and then be a part of that church. What, what is basic faithful doctrine? It would have to do with, with the organization of the church. First Timothy chapter 3 about how it's set up, and you have elders and deacons and evangelists, and who gets to decide how the church is constructed? The answer is, the Lord does, because it belongs to Him. That would be sound doctrine. This man holds to sound doctrine. It would have to do with our worship practice. Who gets to decide what we do in the church in reference to worship? John 4 and verse 24 that we talked about last week, it's, it's got to be in spirit and in truth, and the truth means it's according to the Word of God. He was a faithful minister. What does it mean he's faithful? He was faithful in the doctrine. Now, when you get to Titus chapter 3 and verse 12, you have this interesting thing. You know, Titus is in Crete, and the church is in Crete there, and it's a pretty rough place to work. And, and toward the latter part of that book, Paul writes and says, Now, Titus, I want you to come. I'm going to winter in, in Nicopolis, and I want, I want you to come and see me, and I will send to you Artemis or Tychicus. And they, they'll be fill-in. They will fill in for, for you while you're gone to come see me. Now, why would that be comforting? How would they respond to that? The answer is they would respond by saying, that'd be great. We'd love to have either of those men come and preach for us because he was sound in doctrine. Now, he was sound in personal morality. You remember 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I won't take the time to read it, but the, the works of the flesh are, are listed there, the things that will keep you out of heaven, he says. And he lists moral issues. You can't send Tychicus. Paul would not send Tychicus if Tychicus was a womanizer, would he? You know what? He's, he always has trouble around women, and you never know. There's always some rumor following him because how he treats women, you wouldn't send Tychicus to these churches, these struggling churches to encourage them if that was true about him. We know about his honesty in reference to money. He was a kind man. Here's Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Let love be without... This is what Paul wrote. I know what Paul is saying when he says he's a faithful minister. He'd have to, have to do something with his personality. Ready for this? What's faithfulness? What does it mean? Romans 12, 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another, Christians, with, with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, 
continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I'll repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Now listen, when the Apostle Paul says... Tychicus is a faithful minister. I'm telling you, this is what Paul is talking about because Paul wrote this by inspiration. He was honest. I, I, I was making my list of these five things, and when I got to this one, beside it I put, in reference to money. And then I marked that out because, you know what? If he's not honest in reference to money, you're just not going to call him honest. He's not honest at all. He's honest in everything. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 2, listen to this. Here's what Paul wrote. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness. Craftiness where you, is where you would contrive to try to schnooker somebody out of his money. And some people are very, very good at it. We're not going to be part of that craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I He says, I want, what I'm teaching is that we live right in the sight of God and in such a way that men will not follow us around and say, hey, this is suspicious. We live above board. Now, when you say that Tychicus was, Tychicus was an honorable man, what's involved in that? He's a faithful man. It's in his eagerness to help the church. I need somebody who I can trust to take these monies Pick them up and bring them to Jerusalem. Tychicus, would you do it? I can do that. I I can do that. I need somebody, Paul would say, to handle a very delicate situation involving a runaway slave who's now a Christian. Tychicus? Tychicus would say, I can do that. I need somebody to go to Crete or perhaps other places. I need somebody who will fill in. For a great gospel preacher, but I need him. I need that preacher to come to me. And I need somebody to go to Crete. Now, that's not a good, easy trip. That's a long way off. Tychicus, I can do that. Let me tell you something. One of the things that makes this a great church at West Huntsville is the number of Tychicuses. Let's see, what's the plural? The Tychicai? The number of people like Tychicus that we have in this church. I mean that, where, where the elders or somebody, one of us will say, there, there are things that, that we need. We need somebody to do this. And sometimes it's something that just comes up quickly and we need somebody to handle it. And there are people who say, I can do that. I can do that. I, I could make a list of those things, but I won't do it right now. All right, now let's finish. Here's, here's the last mention of, of Tychicus, and so I'm going to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and this sermon will be finished. He's an unsung hero. You've got to love Tychicus. You say, how much do you know about him? Well, not a lot. As a matter of fact, in these five verses, if you read them independently, 
you may not, you may not really grasp Tychicus. It's the synergy of putting them all together. And you say, wait a minute, this is a great man. This truly is an unsung hero. And in reference to what Keith said Wednesday night, he's your guy. I'm saying that this is an example of what is genuine and real in somebody's Christianity. Do we need to learn about Tychicus? And the answer is, I want to be like him. I want to be like Tychicus. Here's the close. I don't, I, I don't know if he was married. I, I don't know what his living, how he made his living. I don't know what his age was. I, I don't know what his life was before he became a Christian and if he was a wicked man or, or not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I have just as much as God chose to give me in Revelation. I'm in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly. Now remember, this is the chapter where Paul says, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Paul is about to be executed. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful for me in ministry. Antichicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come in the books, especially the parchments. I, I expect that Tychicus was from Ephesus, that that was his origin place. And for what purpose Paul sent him there, we do not know. The book now closes and we, we've got all that the Holy Spirit intended for us to have about this unsung hero. I want you to put him in your heart. I want you to remember him. I want you, when you come across these verses, to have this whole sermon in your mind and replay it about this, uh, this impressive Christian. And then let's you and me try to draw these qualities and implement them in our own lives. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at collie at westhuntsville.org.